Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is what's called a memory wall in the center of Kiev. Photos of Ukrainian soldiers who were killed fighting Russian-backed separatists in the east. A reminder that fighting has been going on in this country for years. A warning of what could be coming. My brothers in arms on the front and here in Kiev have only one question. Where will we bury the Russian soldiers? Whoa, that's a heck of a thing there. Uh, a lot of reporting out of Ukraine is they are gearing up for a serious fight to protect their country. Few of us in America, thank God, are ever in a situation where we actually got to f- lay down our lives to protect our, our town, our family's house from being you know run over by a bulldozer, a tank, and everyone killed. Right. I mean, that, that's... I mean, that's getting down to some bare-bones, caveman-type stuff right there. You're fighting for, for existence for you and your family, and that's what the Ukrainians are ready to do. That, and according to David, David Ignatius of the Washington Post, their plan is to kill as many Russians as fast as possible to make the public in Russia turn against this war so Putin has to back out if he decides to roll in. Which is a heck of a strategy. Now, hey, if we, if we go around that way, we're going to lose the town. We don't care. We'll get to kill more soldiers. That's our only goal. Ooh. The shortest route into the capital of Ukraine goes through Chernobyl, <laughs> which, is an Wait, interesting, it. which is an interesting story. So they're really preparing to defend that chunk of land that has been mostly uninhabited. Since the '80s, since the Chernobyl nuclear explosion, and uh, but they're thinking, you know, Putin doesn't care if his soldiers get exposed to radioactivity, and it's the shortest uh, route to the capital. So, there might my be understanding a- is, you can kind of roll through there and be okay. And they actually have tourists go through there. Sure, but what if it ends up being a uh, a drawn out siege? Well, then you get radiated. Yeah. So here you're about to hear Anthony Blinken. He's the Secretary of State who was on all the shows yesterday. I, I don't know if it's just because of my politics. I'm trying to be fair here. Like, I was trying to think yesterday as I was listening to him, if you're a Republican, would I have a better view? Because I just, I, I feel like the way he looks and sounds is just like, if, if I'm Putin and, and I look and hear this guy, I think, this guy is nothing. If there's anybody I can roll, it's this guy. Hmm. He just sounds so weak to me and, and like such an academic like just doesn't doesn't have the sand for the for the reality of war. What do you think? Well, I I said charitable things about Blinken at first because I'd read people whose judgment I trust say, yeah, he's a really smart guy, he's well thought of, he's well read, blah blah blah. But you're so right. I mean, you've got to understand, you know, not only the the mathematics of poker, but you got to be able to bring it at the table to do a job like that. And and you know, yet another lamb sent to the slaughter at the hands of the uh, former KGB colonel. Well, there's that, and it's but at some point you have to recognize sometimes bad guys want to kill people, and they don't care how many people they kill, and they don't care about your sanctions. Well, we'll get to that right now. Here's Antony Blinken, Secretary of State, followed by Edward Luce of the Financial Times. As to the sanctions, um, the most important thing we can do is to use them as a deterrent, uh, as a means of dissuading. Russia from engaging in further aggression. Uh, once sanctions are triggered, you lose the deterrent effect. So what we're doing is putting together a whole series of actions that would figure into right. President Putin's calculus. 
Putin believes that the Russians can take these economic sanctions and in the last seven years has built up massive Russian um, central bank reserves. We're talking about five, six hundred billion dollars against less than a hundred billion dollars in 2014. He has made Russia less dependent on Western loans. Um, they've diversified away from the dollar into the renminbi, the Chinese renminbi. So he has taken all kinds of steps to insulate Russia from the coming economic sanctions. So that's the guy from Financial Times, which I just recently started subscribing to. It's a ridiculously expensive newspaper, mm. but it's pretty damn good. Um, uh, saying that financially, Putin can withstand this at least for a short period of time. Um, so the sanctions aren't going to deter him. Now, I was watching Morning Joe today. That's actually where that clip came from. They were they had more guests on there that were hawks than doves by far hmm. on MSNBC. And, of course, your Fox tends to be more hawkish. And I just wonder what the politics of this are. And, uh, unfortunately, the politics of war always seem to matter, not just what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, that is interesting that the uh, you know the great beacon of the left, MSNBC, is is spouting war rhetoric. Oh my gosh, Mika Brzezinski's brother was on there, who is ambassador to something or other. Uh, uh, but he was, oh my gosh, he was over the top on how the Biden administration is being weak, and we need to get tough, and we need to send arms, and we need to send troops, and I mean. Like, hmm. really, really, really tough. So this headline out yesterday in the New York Times. Hey, before we do that, can we get back to Blinken? Because, uh, man, that clip was striking. And I don't, you know, bluster only counts for so much. And I, I don't want to, like, really, really oversimplify it. Uh, there were times Mike Pompeo, for instance, his whole, I'm, well, I'm a, I almost dropped an F-bomb. I'm a blanking hard ass. I mean, he never let up with that stuff. Right. Sometimes to the point where it was, all right, I get your hard ass. Fine. Blinken sounded prissy. Yes, that's and, what and, I'm saying. He sounds weak. And I'm not talking about uh, he's got a high voice. He sounds somewhat effeminate. No, he, he prissy is different from effeminate. It's like his underpants are carefully pressed. It, it, he's, it's a purely theoretical discussion amongst professors in a room, and they're waiting for the croissants and tea to be served. He, he speaks like a guy who's not ever been punched or, or understands how rough and tumble the world is. God, it was just his very tone. His very tone? We want Putin to do this, and this strategy will work. And we certainly expect this. I was like, what What are you? It's like a character from Friends. What was that? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But God, you sound like a press. He reminds me of uh, John Mulaney, the comedian's joke. John Mulaney says, I look like the kind of guy that you could uh, spill my hot soup on me and I would apologize to you. And, <laughs> and that's what Blinken seems like in terms of, you know, the rough and tumble of the world. New York Times out yesterday, Biden weighs deploying thousands of troops to Eastern Europe and Baltics. This is new, uh, and this wasn't known until this weekend, and what's behind this? Um, An expansion of American military involvement amid mounting fears of a Russian incursion into Ukraine. The move would signal a major pivot for the Biden administration, which up until recently was taking a restrained stance on Ukraine. Out of fear of provoking Russia into invading. No. How often has that worked in world history with bullies and dictators? 
No, if we if we if we show that we're going to try to stop him, that will just make him matter. Anyway, back to the New York Times. As President Vladimir Putin has ramped up his threatening actions toward Ukraine and talks between American and Russian officials have failed to discourage him, the administration is now moving away from its do-not-provoke strategy. In a meeting Saturday at Camp David, Mr. Biden was presented with several options that would shift American military assets much closer to Putin's doorstep, the administration officials said. The options include sending one to 5,000 troops to Eastern European countries with the potential to increase that number tenfold if things deteriorate. I know we sent $200 million worth of arms and uh, the various other stuff for war to Ukraine just last week. NATO announced today that they're sending ships and fighter planes. You're getting an awful lot of war stuff in a certain area. And even though I'm sure we are committed to not having U.S. soldiers in Ukraine, mm-hmm. you get all that stuff, NATO stuff, American stuff, that close to where the fighting's happening. It doesn't take much of a stray this or that. And you got an American soldier killed or a NATO you know, uh, ship fired upon, and then it's on. Right, right. You know, I, I like the strategy. You're absolutely right about the danger of it. I kind of like the strategy because the Pooter's been demanding that we scale back NATO, especially in Eastern Europe, especially in the Baltic states. We remove missile systems. We don't have soldiers there. And and uh, Biden or whoever's, uh, you know, actually at the helm is saying, all right, here's the opposite of what you're demanding, you bully. Yeah, I, so I, you need to back down, bully. Yeah, well, I want to make it clear. I think that's okay. I think it's a good idea. I just, I guess I'm arguing in my own head with those of you out there who are, who are saying, like Ian Bremmer said, look, there's no chance of a greater war in Europe. Really? I, I don't, I, I think there is. I think, I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's the most likely thing to happen. But if you get that many countries with that much, uh, weapons of war, all the, all the stuff you need for war, people material rhetoric um there's always a chance for human fallibility right and by the way the state department ordered all family members of the u.s embassy personnel in kiev and ukraine to get out of there now i think exactly what you said i think it's it what it is is it's his main bargaining argument you're saying that's a non-starter this is how much that's a non-starter this is not even on the table stop bringing that up because this isn't even close to an option right essentially we're importing a bunch of chips to the poker table hey our stack just doubled okay uh so let's let's renegotiate you big fat bully um do you think that some of this upping the ante is because Biden made his minor incursion gaffe. Absolutely. And they just have to add, had to just way overcompensate the, no, 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 we're serious if, uh, point of view. I think not only like um, you sit around and discuss it that sort of way, but just in his own mind. I just think it, 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 his own personality, his own psyche, I could Biden see. Biden or Putin? Biden. Yeah. I could see how he would get there. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant at all. This is what I meant. Or people think I'm weak. I'm not weak. I could see that how it how that would play on you. Yeah, yeah. Especially if a, you're weak. Be a heck of a twist of history, though, wouldn't it? If his gaffe led him to overreact the other direction, that actually ends up being strong enough to stop Putin from going in. I wonder. I wonder. What if the Pooter just shaves off? Like I don't know. 15% of uh, Ukraine. You're talking a minor incursion? A minor incursion. I don't know. 
Then he withstands uh, sanctions for six months. Uh, or, you know, he wants uh, 10%. He takes 15%. In six months, he says, all right, all right, all right, I'll give back 5%. And then how much of uh, NATO, specifically Germany, is ready to uh, go along with the sanctions or the military pushback? I don't know. Yeah, as we made the point earlier, the Germans are uh, a little bit in bed with Russia these days. Don't love it. Not going to lie. This story's a long way from over, I'll tell you that. Um, I got some other funny stuff I want to talk about from the museum. As my son said, too many boobs. That was one of his takeaways from the museum. <laughs> too many boobs. That's the difference between a 10-year-old and a 16-year-old. I'm going to say disagree. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. CDC says case numbers are coming down. You said we'd be back in person in the office in February. Do you stick by that timeline? Yeah, I think that timeline's still intact. You're seeing a lot of businesses make decisions to do return to work March 1st because I think they want to give themselves a cushion, especially having been surprised before. And Mm -hmm. I think that thesis around a February return is intact. Omicron is peaked. It's on. We're on the downside. It's going to be over in a couple of weeks. There are still two thousand people dying a day, which is amazing. But this is going to be over soon. It just is. Yeah, unless you're one of those really late to the party Omicron cities, but uh, just wait a couple of weeks, you'll be on the list too. It it comes and it goes quickly, which is merciful and wonderful. You know, there there's speculation there could be another nasty uh, vari- variation around the bend, but you know everybody hopes not. And what are you going to do? You got to forge ahead, live your life. Um, Bill Maher had a joke at the beginning of his show Friday night. He said something like, uh, my birthday was yesterday. I am now a milder variant, (laughs) 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 which is kind of funny. Wow. Um, drinking red wine can reduce the risk of catching COVID. Huh? (gasps) You like that? My wife has been joking, uh, frequently that the reason she got the vid is we stopped drinking and, uh, you know, her bloodstream was just too hospitable. I remember a couple times back when I would quit drinking briefly, and it seemed like every time I did, I'd start catching colds, and I'd think, what? Hmm. What's going on here? Does the booze keep it away, or am I just so hungover I can't tell if I have a cold? Which is it? Wow, wait a minute. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of the return to the office place, I, you know, I get what they're driving at, and it, that was a fine little discussion, but it is so much more complicated than that. I, was, I read a piece by Danielle Abril in the uh, Washington Post, who is uh, dealing with that very question, the traditional ideal of going to the office five days a work, of week, I'm sorry, five days a week, or working nine to five, maybe dying. And then they talk about uh, Zoom, which a lot of people depended on during the pandemic. It's starting to allow, it's more than 6,000 workers, to choose whether to work in the office, work remotely, or go hybrid, picking a certain number of days per week in which days. Bolt, which is a San Francisco-based e-commerce startup. And, yeah, it's significant that those are tech companies, but <clears throat> boldly introduced. You know what, everybody? You're coming to the office, but for four days. It's a four-day work week. Just everything is in flux right mm-hmm. now. Then you got Slack. It's reimagining its office primarily as a gathering place for meetings and projects, but not an everyday show up place. Then I'm looking at some of the other uh, sectors of the industry. Um, part of it is that, and there are a lot of causes and effects swirling here, the great resignation and the incredible demand for workers. What was 
totally unlikely a couple of years ago. Now, if somebody says, look, I want to work from home Friday, and they're good, you're going to say, okay. Right. In a lot of cases. Especially when you've got plenty of data to back up that they're going to be as productive or more productive by allowing them to work from home. I have a friend who works in commercial real estate, office space, retail space, uh, warehouses, that sort of thing. And, uh, and, and I think we both thought at the beginning, I know I certainly thought that he was about to just his, his whole world was going to go kerblooey, but actually it's doing pretty decently now. U.S. office occupancy dipped to about 28% during the third week of January compared to 40% in November before the Omicron popped up. They're expecting it to, to rebound quite quickly um but any grand pronouncements about what the future is no. or isn't or what's changed forever is just well it's like trying to predict a sports game it's conversation but it doesn't mean anything no it doesn't and it could vary so much from industry to industry or maybe even the same industry do you have more of a younger workforce or an older workforce who knows to what extent do you depend on teams working productively together you've got a very different situation than a more lone wolfy setup Man, there's been hardly anybody at these radio stations for a long time, and it's weird. Yeah. Yep. You can always get a bathroom, though. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Sweet solitude. (laughs) When you need it the most. (laughs) When you need it the most. If you miss an hour of the show, get it on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Scientists have trained a goldfish to drive a car. They believe it's the first step to eventually training women. (laughs) Not cool. Wow. Do not approve. Did not laugh much. And that's when I turned off Saturday Night Live. Shocking. Won't, Won't watch that sort of thing. Uh, it's the anniversary, 1935 on this day. The first canned beer went on sale. Probably, I'm just drunk. I've probably consumed more canned beer than anything I've consumed in my life. I had a big beer can collection as a teenager when that was hot. Yeah, me too. That oh, was a, yeah. It was a Stacked thing, in the basement. It was a thing for people our age back in the day for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hobby. Uh, so I took my son to a great museum over the weekend. Modern art, which is phony, most of it. Um, it just wow. is, and I'm, wow. I'm confident in that statement. I mean, I'm 100% confident that it's crap. Maybe you just don't get it. And I'm not anti-art by any means. I've been to most of the great museums in the world, and I've done that because I do like art, art but a lot of modern art is crap. So what sort of art does scratch you where you itch? I mean, what's your favorite thing? Bowl of fruit? Painting, of a, guy, a point, painting of a guy on a horse in a meadow. That's real. That's a real painting. No, I, I don't know. It's got to be of something. Just just splashes on something is dumb. So do you? Don't, you don't like abstract art? At no, all? no, no. Oh, most I got of, a house most, full of it. Most of it's stupid. Well, if, wow. you want, if you want more, I'll paint you up some anytime you want. Wow, oh, be boy. a lot cheaper. Oh boy, listen to the voice of ignorance, folks. Back to you. <laughs> so no offense. <laughs> so uh, my son's not really into it either, and I didn't. I did not. I did not say anything about it before we went in. So he's he's very artistic. He's got a talent for it, and so I was trying to you know spur that on. My my new thing is I make him draw like fifteen twenty minutes a day because while I'm not. Um, I'm not convinced by studies that uh, 
video games harm you in any way? Obviously, the whole opportunity cost thing is real. I mean, if you're doing video games, you don't have time to do other stuff. And I think all the times I think if John Mayer had had access to a Nintendo Switch, would he be John Mayer today? Or would he be really good at playing Nintendo Switch and working in a cubicle somewhere? Because he was a kid who didn't get along with people and was lonely and he sat in his room and played guitar all day every day. Or if Pat Mahomes was playing Madden football all day, would he have played the, the real stuff? Yeah, I don't know. But but my son has got, you know, and some people have, you have a little bit of talent in something. Everybody does. And maybe even this and not that. Like, I've got zero artistic talent, but i got a little bit of music talent. So if I apply myself, I can do some stuff. Um, and that's what I'm trying to get out of him with art, something to do. So I have him draw, and I thought, I'll take you to this museum. You've ne- We've never, for some reason, I don't know how I'm, he's 10 years old. I should have done this earlier, but. We've never been to a really good museum. and um, You know my talent. I don't have much talent, but I do have one that really stands out. Bird calls. I mean, really talent. For instance, let me hit you with one. (laughs) What do you think that is? (laughs) Folks, if you said owl, you nailed it. (laughs) Just text your answer to this number. <laughs> um, so I take him to this art museum, trying to get him inspired a little bit, and and I didn't say anything about modern art going into it, and so I didn't want to prejudice him because maybe he's into it, and maybe he gets it in a way that I don't when he sees a bunch of splashes on a page or something like that. But he thought most of it was crap and stupid and phony, and uh, and it, <laughs> and we were looking at one that was all blue. It was just it was a big rectangle that was blue, and there was an explanation next to it about man's inhumanity to man or in- no. inequality or. Or women's uh, suffrage or something. And I, don't know. <laughs> I really like abstract art, but stuff like that is hokum. <laughs> anyway, so we're sitting on the bench looking at it. And I was telling him about, so across the street there, there's the, the Academy of uh, Art College or whatever. And it's one of the great art schools in the world. And I said, if you're really into art, you can actually go to a college that, um, you know, where you learn to be an artist. That's the focus on it and everything like that. And he said, oh, is it is it expensive? And I said, I don't know. It's expensive, and you have to qualify to get in. You have to be pretty good. And he said, well, if this is what qualifies for art, I think I can get in. Oh, boy. So that was his appeal, <laughs> his feeling of modern art. So I was thinking I'm going to take him to the Getty in Los Angeles or someplace like that where you see more of your old-timey 1600s, as he said, a plate with fruit on it, as my son said. Um, you know, mm. that sort of stuff. More traditional art. Sure, yeah. Right, and and your great museums have a nice mix too, which I always appreciate. Right, uh, the Museum of Modern Art in San Francisco is mostly abstract modern art, mostly not completely, but mostly, and, and they had all kinds of different things. And a lot of it, God, I don't know how much you get paid for this stuff, but a lot of it's just kind of a cool idea, and that's the end. I mean, there's there's nothing more significant than that. They had this thing uh, with a whole bunch of speakers, and they had taken. Every bit of music that Bach ever composed, and you could walk into a room, and then it would all play at the same time. Okay, that's kind of interesting, but I don't think it has any greater significance at all. I don't think it means anything. I don't think it's going to be around in two years, let alone 200 years, as something that meant anything to anybody. Well, and you revive Bach and say, hey, listen to this. He'd be like, what the hell? Play these one at a time. What are you doing? What is the point of this? Yeah, well, there probably was a point, but... 
And then there was some... Uh, Did you read the plaque? And then there was some like drawing of a house or something like that, and underneath it, there was a lot of woke stuff that was making me insane. Oh, boy. And uh, like some house, and underneath it, it said, we strongly believe that all individuals should be able to have places where they feel represented, not just people with means. And I thought, okay, can, can I get the artist on the phone? Could we have a conversation about how you're going to craft a world in which everybody gets a home? Explain to me how that's going to work from a financial standpoint. We're going to tax the rich. You know what woke means? It just means you're a dumb crap like that. And they had a... Um... Boy, and I'll bet the San Francisco art crowd just laughs oh, that up. Oh, yeah, of course. And they Please. had... Do you remember when this happened? It was when Trump was president, of course. And they had uh, somebody put a teeter-totter through the slats in the wall across the border. And they had this Mexican little girl and her Mexican little brother. And each one, one was in America and one was in Mexico. And they were on the teeter-totter together. And then there was some, I almost said BS. I almost actually just said it there. I Um, wish you had. There was some bull spit poem underneath it. And they had the video of it on a TV. You know, about something coming together. Just, what the Frig! I mean, what the what what the hell kind of art is that? That's a bad op-ed, is what that is. It's a dumb op-ed that I could argue <laughs> you out of in it's five a minutes. Silly political cartoon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a dumb political cartoon. That's not art that belongs in one of the greatest museums in the world. It's crap. You should have had the American little girl hurl a hamburger over the wall and the Mexican girl throw a burrito back. That would have been beautiful. And there was, um, as my son said when we left, too many boobs and penises. Hmm. Lots of boobs and penises. Well, I agree and disagree. Now I'm or thinking disagree and agree. He's ten. Yes. And he and his brother. So Annie is too many. Right. So he's ten, and so he's still at the point where boobs are just ah. Why do you need to see that? I think I think I take him back when he's thirteen. And he has a different point of view. But so he's past the hungry stage and pre the desirous yeah. stage. Yes, exactly. There were a lot of boobs and penises, and why so many? What is the what is the art world's fascination with that? Like they, it's, I, I feel like it's just um, uh, gratuitous shock. Most of it, not all of it, but most of it. Well, I know in traditional art, it's just uh, the human form is is like the number one subject to to paint or I get whatever. That. I mean, I get that. I but get I didn't that. see what you saw. I mean, was it like a, 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 a something completely non-human that happened to have boobs? Or well, it's what? just a picture of a girl with her boobs hanging out. What's that for? Why? And, and <laughs> question. Is she hot? Uh, she was. Um, <laughs> but, like, I know you've made this argument before. The human body is beautiful, natural, oh, and we shouldn't is. be ashamed oh, of it. And I thought, God's creation. Are you against God? You're against God. There's a reason we wear clothes. There's a reason I'm not showing my penis right now. And if I <laughs> walked God. around the newsroom with my penis out, I couldn't oh. say, oh, what? You're ashamed of the human body? This is artistic. <laughs> Well, you a, could try that. That's a BS argument that it's it's necessary as as necessary. I don't want to ban from art, but it's just it's too much. There's too much boobs and penises in mm. modern art. Wow! Every have- sculptor, every time you turn around, ah, wang everywhere you look. Urgh. And mm. everybody around, security guard right there's got pants on. Uh, the person over there taking my tickets has pants on. They're not showing their boobs. She's got a shirt on, too. They're not showing their boobs and penises for a reason. At the museum, all of a sudden, boobs and penises. As many as they, huh? 
While supplies last. Just Over the, here it's art. Over there it's a crime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Hmm. God, and some of the 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 the, the bees and the peas, the peas, what just too many, too outsized. Oh, what, just boy. disproportionate. I, I don't know. Okay, what's going on. now we're getting to the root of it. Now we're getting to the real issue. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Okay, so, I got another one for you. Text your answer. If you said crow, you <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> so I, I exposed him to a certain kind of art. I'm, I'm not sure he dug it that much, but I exposed it to him, and then we'll go see some, in my opinion, real art uh, at a different museum and see what he thinks of that. Mm. Whether or not it inspires anybody, I don't know. I mean, you know, different people like different things. I, I'm, I'm into music. I, I kind of like classical, but if you'd have taken me to a bunch of opera, it wouldn't have inspired me to do more music. You take me to see a good, like, three-piece rock band, I don't. I would have wanted a guitar right then. So it depends on what you're into. You ever been to opera? Uh, no, and I mm. won't. Well, see, that's a closed mind well, right there. I've seen some of it on television. I've tried. What if I promise you they won't show their penis? <laughs> I mean, just 100% guarantee. Will you try it? <laughs> God, just a lot of yelling at me and... It's called singing. There's some right there. (laughs) If you like to listen to your operas through a phone, that's the way it sounds like. (laughs) What? Um, We'll finish strong. We'll finish strong. Uh, What's the latest from Ukraine? What's the latest on the stock market for crying out loud? No, no. And Sarah Palin has COVID. Oh, we should have been mentioning that every 10 minutes so people can adjust their daily routine. Here I am assuming Sarah Palin's COVID free like an idiot. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. hasn't moved on Ukraine yet, but he is going to one of these days, and that is going to be a giant story. Or is he? He is. Or is he? Yes. Or is he? So, Kevin Newsom went down to L.A. the other day to uh, survey the whole train robbery thing there at Lincoln Heights, and uh, it's if you haven't seen these pictures and videos yet, they're amazing. It's, uh, it's uh, an expanse of, I don't know, quarter mile or whatever by these uh, Union Pacific tracks where... Uh, folks have been, folks, <laughs> hello, folks. They've been jumping on the trains when they're moving slowly and emptying the, the boxcars of all the, the packages that are being shipped. And, and they rifle through them there by the train tracks, keep what they want, throw the rest down. And it's just, it, it's litter and products and envelopes and boxes as far as the eye can see. What just, the hell is going on? Just crazy. And Gavi, the, the lunkhead governor of, of California, went to go survey it. And said, what the hell is going on? It what looks the hell like, is going on? It looks like a third world country. Well, and a lot of people responded, and I missed this. I, how can you miss the obvious? A lot of people responded, hey, uh, dum-dum. Yeah, that's our point. California has turned into a third world country, and you're the governor of it. A governor of it. I want him to drive... From Sacramento to Barstow on 99. And stop several times to get some coffee or use the bathroom, Mr. Governor. 
Does yeah. that look like the golden state to you? Yeah. For crying out loud? I, I think I propose a tour of California for Gavin Newsom so he can, you know, show up in Santa Cruz and, and say, this is crazy. What the hell is this? None of these people work. And then take him up to the tenderloin and he could say, what the hell is this? They're openly selling drugs. And then take him up to Humboldt County. What the hell is this? Mexican cartels are growing pot and ruining the environment. What the hell is this? And you know what? You might find it educational. Kind of enlightening. Gavi, welcome to your own state. It's crumbling. You often wonder how much uh, politicians know about their own country or state, because I'm sure he only travels in uh, private planes or limos. From nice hotel to nice house to nice whatever. Sure, from fundraiser to state house to office to rich supporters' home there in San Clemente or, mm-hmm. or what have you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's it's true of presidents, too. That's why you and I disagree a little bit sometimes. I, I don't mind the president going to disaster sites. I get that it's a photo op almost entirely for the dopiest of reasons. But there are times when you actually see something and it surrounds you that you, you get a more uh, intense appreciation of it. But anyway, I guarantee you, have, have Gavi walk on his two... You know, fifteen hundred dollar shoe clad feet through Skid Row in L.A. or through the Tenderloin. See what he thinks. Have him smell the poo. Hey, have him step in it. Stop and try to find some place to 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 go to the bathroom with your family as you're driving down ninety nine on your way to uh, Barstow. Whether you yeah. whether you do a rest stop or a gas station or whatever. Well, no, if you can find a bathroom that's open, you won't go in there because the homeless people are camped in there. Most of the bathrooms are closed because all the businesses close their bathrooms because they don't want the homeless people to come in there. And or damaging court rulings that said if you forbid anybody from loitering in your bathroom and they happen to be of whatever you know ethnicity or, or minority or whatever, then you are... You're going to get hammered. So they thought we can't we can't risk that that sort of judgment. We just got to close them. Yeah, good tip for anybody. If you're going to drive through California, make sure you have a jug to pee in because there's going to be no place to stop, no public restroom. Ladies, you're on your own. (laughs) Oh, sorry. With your hosts, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I think that's modern art. See, that was art. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. Our technical director, Michelangelo, in the controller. Michael, what's your final thought? Yeah, I'm kind of worried. The football was so good this past weekend. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch a regular NFL game anymore. I know. I'm going to be bored, I think. I agree. Uh, young Alex, our behind-the-scenes producer, loves the football. Uh, Alex, a final thought for us. 13 seconds away. I would have had all of my predictions correct. Four for four from final thoughts on Friday. But Pat Mahomes went downfield in 13 seconds to send it to overtime, and they won it. So I was three for four. That's pretty good. You can make a living doing that. Uh, let's see. Jack, a final thought for us? I understand what Michael said. I mean, you don't want to not have the best meal of your life or the coolest car you've ever owned or you've ever ridden in or the best sex of your life or whatever. But after all those things happen, eh, everything in comparison, eh. And this weekend of football, man, you get some 28-3 to games this weekend? Come on, that's going to hurt. 
Yeah, my final thought is it looks like we're about uh, around the final bend with this COVID thing, and we need to erase all mandates, all school closures, everything immediately. No emergency powers at all. On the other hand, a new friend uh, is in the hospital clinging to his life. He's one of those at-risk people, and hes it's not clear he's going to survive wow. his bout of COVID. So if you are vulnerable, unvaccinated, health risk, etc., you know, be careful. And now the final final music here. What is that instrument that's playing there? It's a flute, I believe. It's a flute. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com where we have some fabulous hot clicks for you. We've got uh, hot links, I guess we call them. Uh, we've got some A&G swag, which is terrific. If you missed a chunk of the show, you can get the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. At armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you like to get podcasts. Uh, with all due modesty, I think we'll do a good job of handling the story of Russia going into Ukraine when it happens. So remember that and tune in. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty has a lot to brag about. So things are looking good. I, are you sure of that, dude? What makes my heart sing? Go, la, na, 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 na. It's like rain on your wedding day. Or should it be more ascending? La, na, 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 na. Modern art is stupid. Hitler and I agree on that. Oh, boy. You're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Forget it. Okay. So let's go out with a bang. Uh, you know, I just can't sleep unless I know what group through what ball through what apparatus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.